All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 122. That means it is a Friday afternoon here in the capital city, and we got some Oilers business to discuss. And gentlemen, before we get into it, I just want to say I'm glad to talk to you guys today so that we can make sense of these worldly problems that we're facing with with this hockey team. But first, we must start off by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta, for helping making this possible. Again, I don't care what color my Bronco is. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I don't Boy, care what the bikes look like. I don't care what the wheels look like. Just let me just let me in there. Four 2021 Broncos for the boys. That's all we're saying. Please. You couldn't get us the escorts. Four Broncos sounds reasonable <laughs> by comparison. Go follow Sherwood Ford on Twitter at Sherwood Ford on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. It is winterize your vehicle time. If you need tires, if you need Frank, get out of there. Yeah, Frank, Frank also get out of there. Frank needs tires. tires. <laughs> An oil change, maybe a new whip altogether. Go to Sherwood Ford, the Giants in Sherwood Park, Alberta. As we move Mr. Ramchuk will start things off with the Giants question of the week. The Sherwood Ford Giant question of the week. At the time of recording this, the Oilers have dropped back-to-back hockey games. So my question is, what is the most concerning sign with the Edmonton Oilers? Who wants to start, boys? I'll start. Go for it, Dan. Okay. Um, My most concerning thing has to be the lulls in mental fortitude that it seems like this team has. We play some, we played some really good hockey against some pretty good teams. Uh, Played really well against the Montreal Canadiens. 
didn't win. Uh, played played well against the Winnipeg Jets for 55 minutes, and five minutes into the third period, they were down in that game and out. Uh, it's just like you just want to see them play that. I think I feel like we say this for what what episode is this bag milk? One hundred and one twenty two episodes of us saying we need sixty minutes of effort. And uh, here we are again. That's that's my biggest concern is just is just uh, those little lapses where we just leave the goalie out to dry, and you know, and then we're like, well, why can't you make a save, Koskinen? Rick, you're up. Well, I got to agree with Dan there. Like, there's watching this team doesn't seem like they they have like a ten out of ten energy level. Like, they don't seem to go out there and, and want like when the when the building's banging, they're out there, they're they're moving. You can you can. You can almost see their heartbeat, right? You can just see what they're doing, and they just don't have that right now. So, as much as that's the thing, I the thing that scares me the most right now is our secondary scoring. Um, I think last year we really took a step forward from the previous year because we started to get that secondary scoring, right? It wasn't just yep. about Connor and Leon; it was other guys starting to step up. And while if you look at anybody outside the big four, Connor, Leon, Nuge, and, and Yam, um, there aren't a whole lot of goals there right now. Uh, pools. I need him to get to, you know, one or two. He's had some opportunities seeing Cassian get two now, you know, that that's better. And Turris is, I don't know if he's getting going, but he's got a couple. Um, so maybe things are starting to work there, work things out in the, in the secondary scoring, but that's my biggest worry right now. I agree with you entirely. I think secondary scoring is a big problem right now because when you have Adam Larson matching the pace <laughs> of your bottom six in terms of goal scoring, you've got a problem. You've got a big problem. And it can't just be up to Connor and Leon and Nuge and Yamamoto to produce offense. There needs to be, like, I feel like Cahoon is so snake bitten right now that it's just, it's shocking. And that's a huge problem. It's not my biggest problem, but it is a massive one. Tyler, where are you at? I think this team can win without good secondary scoring. They just need average secondary scoring. And I think we're getting to that point. I think that third line is starting to take some strides forward. I think Gaetan Haas is maybe going to be a bit of an offensive spark to that fourth line. I think that's going to take care of itself. The big concern for me is actually going to be the blue line. I think Tyson Berry's struggling right now. He's not coming as advertised at five on five. We thought he'd be a really good puck mover and be competent defensively and all that. Really hasn't been. Adam Larson, man, he's not playing good hockey right now either. On the left side, Chris Russell's struggling. You know, everyone said Caleb Jones is going to have to handle top four minutes and throughout the offseason, myself included, we just kind of said, yeah, that's something that's got to happen. Well, it's not. And Slater Cuckoo's been a good surprise. I've liked what I've seen from Darnell Nurse. Ethan Bear hasn't been a problem, but I'm a little bit nervous that the bottom half of that blue line isn't going to get better this year. And if the bottom half of the blue line doesn't get better and they don't start cleaning things up in their own end, the goaltending might not get better either. So the big concern for me is just the, what we've seen on the blue line. And I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm concerned it's not going to get better. And yeah, that, 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 that's gotta be the biggest concern right now. I Tyler, you matched my biggest concern. My biggest concern is defensive awareness. I think that, as we saw last night in the third period, the boys can rally and score. I still think depth scoring is a problem, like Rick said, but I do believe that once a, the Cahoons start to get one, they'll start to get a little bit of a little bit of confidence, and then maybe they'll start going in the net. But 
right now the inability to lock things down in their own zone is troubling. And then when you combine that with the fact that Miko has been ridden until the, the wheels are falling off right now, and he's allowing maybe one or two that he wants back on a nightly basis. That's a big, big, problem those the combination of those two items is just it's causing all kinds of losses like dan said the loss against winnipeg they were up in the third period that's those are points they left on the board last night they tied it twice in the third period against the leafs points on the board they cannot lock things down they cannot kill penalties right now either they've got four straight games with allowing a power play goal so they cannot lock things down and they can't get the big save that they need uh, i mean there's a product of the the shoddy defense there's a product of koskinen being overplayed right now there's a product of him just whiffing on one or two i mean like that first goal last night against the leafs was just like a comedy of errors and it just kind of set the tone for what was an abysmal start to the game the Oilers were playing really really well from the opening puck drop last night, I thought they had jump. I thought they had energy. I thought they looked good. But then when that one goal goes in, kind of fucking deflates, it derails everything. It took the wind out of their sails. And all of a sudden you're down two goals to the Leafs who are leading this division right now. Spotting a team two goals is a massive problem. And again, that goes to a product of not being able to close in on some of the chances, well, not being able to lock think- them out. And then you're not getting the save that you probably need on one at least of those. And then that second goal, Nylander, fuck me. He had enough time and space to make a sandwich beside the net. Like the coverage in the defensive zone is shocking. Dan, sorry, I cut you off. No, that's okay. No, I was, I was just kind of building off of your point there. I think last year, one of the things that we just kind of rested on was the fact that as soon as we got a power play, you were getting a goal 25% of the time. Like it was just, it just was locked in. Automatic. So you, yeah. And so you were considering it, it, you know, like literally this at the start of the season, I've been ready to post the Labamba goal song every time we have a power play because I just expect it. But it hasn't been that way. I think it's coming. I mentioned that this morning in my in my tweet, four goals in the last two games and and uh, the power plays at 20 percent. But, you know, and then to bag milk's point again, you know, penalty kill was the same thing. When we took penalties, it wasn't that big of a deal. But now it's like. Yikes, you know, we're, we're, we're not able to kill penalties that, that play by Yamamoto, which, you know, I mean, it's been hard to find anything wrong with his game, but, but it unable to get the puck out of the zone at the half boards and the goal goes in your net. So it's just, you know, it's these little the bag milk, you said it comedy of errors that just combine and, you know, and then you look back and you're like, okay, that's why we lost that game on to the next one. Uh, yeah avoidable mistakes that the Oilers are getting caught with over and over and over again. And it's costing them points in the standings. And I got to say, it's driving me fucking crazy. It's that's by a million cuts though. That's what it is. It's like, there's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, you can't really sit here and just put, put it on one, this, that, or the other thing. It's, you know, we make a a bad decision here and it spirals down, goes in the net, you know, it's, it's just silly little things that they really need to fucking clean up. So let me float this to you then. You can go through every game and really aside from the blowout loss to Montreal, you could say they've had a chance to win every game. Mm-hmm. But then in every game, you're looking at four or five things that go wrong. Does that make you optimistic that, hey, as soon as they clean up one or two of those little things, the wins are coming. And holy hell, if they clean up four or five of those little things for a 10-game stretch, it's heater season. 100%. Well, I've, I came into this year expecting like three, four-game win streaks or something like that. And we haven't hit one yet, right? So I'm not too worried about where we're sitting right now. It's not a great feeling inside about where we are, but I'm not – I don't think we're out of it right now. Um, 
Yeah, if you can just clean up two or three of those little things, man, things are going to start to turn around. When you start to see these power plays working, that'll feed into the next shift and the next shift and the next shift. Whereas, yeah. you know, three games ago, that wasn't working. Um, things weren't going. Now, you know, in the last three or four games, I think our, our offense started to look a little more fluid. It starts to skate with a little more, you know, they're, they're kind of working together right now. Where at the beginning, they really didn't look like they were just trying to do it all themselves. So now it looks like it's starting to move, starting to snowball. They need to re re whatever the defensive zone there you got to refocus in your defensive zone let the forward let the offense keep doing its thing and we'll be okay in the long run well and like i've been trying to be trying to maintain some positivity especially today and you know i feel bad for a guy like bag milk who has to sit there and eat uh what was it last night there spotted it didn't look that it didn't look that bad for the record i gotta tell you spotted i was was terrified coming in in terms in terms of what it actually was, it was like a weird toffee pudding or something. It was like a, a it was like a mix between it was like it tasted it had the consistency of an undercooked brownie. And <laughs> I would say I gave it a fifty five out of ninety three. I didn't think it was bad at all, to be honest. And I actually imagine a genuine spotted dick. Like if you had grandma whip one up for you, it would probably be delicious. Anyway, go ahead. So so my thing is is that you you have to sit there and listen to a lot of the people that are just really frustrated with the game, um, post game. When I go out and do my runs after losses, it's just Dan in my old head, and I'm thinking about all the little things, those little tweaks that you know that are coming, and and we will see the the positive sides of stuff. So I, I yeah I I just it's not I'm not so worried, and it's not like we have a stretch of games coming up against the Central Division next week where it's just two point games. Every single game is a four-point game, which, you know, is a bad and a good thing. There is never going to be a point in this season where they don't play a huge game. I was looking at their schedule, and like, let's look at the North right now. I think everyone can agree Montreal and Toronto are probably establishing themselves as that top tier, and Ottawa's clearly in the shits. So that middle group, it's Winnipeg, it's Edmonton, it's Vancouver, and it's Calgary. Two of those teams are making it, two of them aren't. The Oilers' last seven games of the year are all against... Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, 10 of their last 12 games of the year, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Calgary. Like you can make up points in the snap of a finger, like a five game heater in this division in a 56 game season with only four point swings is worth twice as much as a five game heater in a normal year. Cause you're directly gaining ground on everyone you're competing with. Well, and that, that the other thing, losing too, streak is also shitty. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And that's, yeah, it's the given the we take there, yet, but though. But but the Vancouver's of the world look like I think we've all kind of thought that they were. They just they took a step back from what they were last year, and that's a good thing. The Flames got exposed by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I know that the scores looked closer than I think that the games were um, from what yeah. I saw and what I watched. But it you know it, I think I think that we have to keep sight of the fact, like you said, Tyler, that that the North Division. I don't even think Montreal is necessarily going to maintain this. They, they've never shown me in their past. I know I'm just a Habs hater on this podcast. But, and all their fans uh, are dying. It's, and all it's their amazing that they are able <laughs> to exist with all the fans dying. <laughs> Although the, I, keep, I keep getting a random Habs fan, and it's not the same Habs fan every time, but a random Habs fan will show up mid-Oilers game and just tell me how good the Habs are. So it's resonating somewhere. But um, I, I, just, I just don't think that we're that far out of it and, it and it's that doom and gloomy. It's starting to feel like to me like December did last year where we were just kind of like, holy shit, the wheels are off of this and we got to figure it out. And they did. And, and I think that the return or the, the, the 
actual acquisition of Grosnick, if we saw him on the ice this morning, is going to change some, some of those things. And then when Mike Smith comes back, that's going to change some things. And then, like you said, Tyler, Gaetan Haas comes back, Evan Bouchard's not hurt anymore, and you're able to kind of slot in and out more D as you go. There's all kinds of little tweaks that will happen here as the yeah. season goes on. I'm not Look, I don't, worried. I don't yet. think we're. I don't think our, we're. We're not. We're just not firing on all cylinders right now. You yep. know. Yes. Like the wheels are kind still, of just spinning in the mud right now. It's not like they're falling off. We're still there. We're still already. They just need to get a little bit of traction, get a little bit of momentum, and we'll be just fine. The problem I have is that they're looking still like a preseason team, which is I get yep. it. They've only played you know nine games, five of which against the top two teams in the division, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're digging a hole for themselves that is unnecessary because of mistakes. Everybody's in the same spot. So I think rather than being anywhere close to pushing the panic button, which is on my next topic, I think that I'm more in a position of just being annoyed and frustrated by how they're giving up points early in the season that they need banked for the end of the year. They seem like mistakes we should have figured out last year and they should not be happening this year. Yeah. Right. Like I thought we took care of a lot of this stuff last year, brought in some fresh bodies, some real NHLers that we're going to, you know, um, hit the ground running and, and help bring up the back end of our of our team, which is, isn't happening right now. But it doesn't mean that it's not there. This isn't four years ago when we were hoping that the fourth line players were good enough to, to be in the NHL and hoping that they all these guys have out there have done it already. Right. So we just need them to get find their find their game, find their mojo and get going here. If you want to find your mojo. I recommend heading over to skipthedishes.ca and getting yourself something to eat. You can't feel your mojo unless you feed the temple, Tyler. I need to make yes. sure that you're getting all the vitamins that you need. Skip the Dishes has the restaurants that offer you a choice to grab whatever flavor or cuisine you want. Maybe you go for a tour around the city, support a few different restaurants this weekend. Skipthedishes.ca, pick something up to eat, get yourself fed. Cooking for yourself is overrated. All of that good stuff. I want to go back to something that... I mentioned a little bit earlier, Dan mentioned it. Cause I know I saw Dan last night in the B cast, the panic button is being hammered on right now. And I want to know how close everyone here is. I'm again, I just said, I'm not anywhere close to the panic button. I'm my frustration is insanely high though, which is a very, very different thing. Tyler, where are you at in terms of the panic button? Like I said, there's going to be plenty of chances throughout the year to make up ground. And until the Oilers are like, eight points out of a playoff. Okay. I shouldn't say that until the Oilers are like four to six points out of a playoff spot and maybe don't have any games in hand and all that, you know, that's when the panic button starts to set in when all of a sudden you're looking and going, if they don't win 10 in a row, they're done. Like that's kind of when you panic. Cause in my opinion, panicking does no good, but that doesn't mean you can't be frustrated. Like you said, bag milk with what we're getting here, because there are plenty of reasons to be frustrated. You look at that jets game blowing a lead in the third period. That should piss you off as a fan of the Edmonton Oilers. You look at last night, not being able to get a big kill, not dry saddle hitting the post or the minute left. That should piss you off. That should frustrate you. And I think it's fine to be frustrated, but it's also fine to wake up the next morning and kind of have a level-headed approach of, you know, things might get better. And like we said, it's death by a thousand cuts right now, but if they can clean up some of the defensive zone stuff, which competent NHLers should be able to clean up. And I think they are competent NHLers on that roster. Like, Things will get better at some point here. Uh, just for I'm, the record, though, Tyler, the Oilers are four points out of a playoff spot. <laughs> yeah, well, they still got lots of games. Is my point? It's one game. Do, um, do you think? Do you think, Dan? Before I get your answer on the panel yeah. question, do you think that there's a part of it where I questioned today on Twitter? I wondered maybe just there's parts of this roster that's just not good enough. 
Is there anything to that or am I overdoing? I don't think you can say that yet. I like, I, I could understand the feeling of that, but I still think that nine games is just nine games. And I think that what we're, what's kind of playing into the panic button being pounded by some fans right now is the fact that the, the concept of 56 games versus 82 games, I think is like, is making people just feel claustrophobic and the 10 game stretch must mean that we're out of the playoffs and we're not going to make it when that's just not really the case, especially because we're playing the same, the same teams over and over again. But to your question, bag milk, I, I'm just not ready to say that Turris is having a problem. I'm, I was reminded of the of the 2006 team where you know we made all those transactions and all those moves, and uh, and the team was looking like we weren't even going to make the playoffs that year. And then they came together and worked it. So I I just think that like when you bring in a Tyson Berry who has to you know assume the the offensive or your hope that he assumes the offensive role that Cleftbaum played for this team moving the puck up. You have Kyle Turris coming in and playing in a position where Riley Shahan played really well, um, given what he was asked to do on the PK, and Turris isn't that player. Uh, you just, it's just, it's too early to tell what we have with all these guys in their new roles and in their new position. So that's just my feeling. I don't disagree with you, but where I do, where I do have concern though is tomorrow we're at twenty percent of the season is gone. I mean, it, it's at, we're getting to a point now where, yeah, there's still 80%. That's still lots of lots of runway left, but it's going to disappear pretty quickly. Yeah. So if they can't get away from this one-game win, one-game loss kind of hole they're in, that runway that we have available is going to run out quickly. And that's my concern. So to Rick's point about dialing things in and tightening our shit up, that has to happen like yesterday. There's not time to sit here and fuck around on it. Tyler, do you think, what do you think? Again, like even at the 14 games will be 25%. And and maybe I'll start to get a little bit harder and start to worry a little bit more at the quarter mark, but 25% is still only 25%. And again, I just, maybe I'm being too optimistic. I just keep going back to the fact that there's plenty of time to make up ground in this division and the teams they've, they need to compete against. Like, like I said, I, I rattled them off. Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg. They need to finish better than two of those teams. They haven't played Calgary yet. They split the set with Vancouver. They split the set with Winnipeg, right? Like they've proven they can beat those teams. And with Calgary, we know they can beat Calgary. And it's fucking Calgary. Um, so I, again, until, you know, they're losing two in a row to the Jets and losing two in a row to the Canucks and getting swept on a weekend set to the Flames, like I'm just not pulling the alarm bell yet. I want to change gears for a second then. Nobody's pushing the panic button. That's boring. I was hoping somebody would. I want to talk about the special teams. Dan tweeted about it. The Oilers' power play is now back at 20% on the season. Starting to look better. Uh, I mean, I wish. Like, last night it was sweet. They got two goals, and normally you'd be like, two goals from your power play is great. They did have seven chances, although uh, one or two of those were abbreviated. It would have been nice to get more than that, but it's starting to get there. Great. I want to start off with the penalty kill, however which is trending the other direction. Four straight games with a PK uh, power play goal against. Rick, what are you seeing from the penalty kill that needs a correction? You know what? It's just got to be some sort of system in, in, in our own zone there. There's too many shots getting through. That shot from Matthews yesterday that went in should not have got to the net. We don't get those shots through. Toronto, you know, someone 
goes down and, and, and blocks it. Um, we don't get, get those shots through. Somehow we need to prevent pucks getting to the net. Um, I don't think we've seen too many goals where, you know, Koskinen's kicking himself over. But there's just too many goals at the end of the game. And I, the power play will get itself fixed. That's, um, that's never my worry. And I do believe that um, the, the PK, just like the power play, power play, will get better too. It's the five-on-five five that really still scares me right now. though. And I think really we just need some consistency. We get some consistency, the same lines, the same players on the same lines playing, you know, those bottom six minutes, and that's going to turn around and help your, your penalty kill too because those are the same guys that are going to be killing penalties. But look how many times these guys are going out there with a new partner. That doesn't work very well. You know, you need to be able to read off your guys. And we're, we're swapping guys in. Jujar was in for one game and then out for two. And then, you know, we lose a game and it's like, this guy comes out and that guy comes out and this guy goes in and this guy goes in. And they're getting on different lines. Like, we need to keep the same 12 or the same 18 on the ice for four or five games in a row. And that's what's going to start to help your special teams. They need to be able to read off each other and know where each other are. And right now, you just keep putting guys out there who – don't they just don't know where each other are very well as as much as they did last year so we, we need to get some consistency in in the in the uh in the lineup and then that will help i uh, can uh, take care of things on special teams we're gonna bring in brody schnarr from owner's box here to talk a little bit of fantasy hockey here in a second tyler before we bring brody in as he's coming in what do you see from the pk radar um, again, just some sloppy sort of mistakes, whether it's a coverage mistake, whether we talked about, you know, not getting a puck out when you have a clear lane, like just little brain cramps are really, really costing them. And I, and I think that's just the biggest issue. And again, I'm going to be Mr. Optimistic here, even though I'm usually not, but those little brain cramps should sort themselves out at some point. Like eventually when you get to the middle of the season, you should be able to, to not do stuff like that. Like Kyler Yamamoto, hopefully by game 15 knows don't send a slap shot on the ice up the boards, send it hip high up the middle of the ice when you're at the top of the circle and it's going to get to the other end. So again, like the penalty kill was so good last year. I know they lost Riley Shahan. Kara's not in the lineup all the time, but the system there should still be able to be intact. Like right now they're playing a weird, like, diamond with the yeah. guy like yeah, a cross like almost it's just it doesn't make sense like you the system should be in these players minds in the next five games and things should start to get better Dan, um, last word on the pk before right. brody comes in well uh, yeah for me it's there's there's three parts of pk that make it successful it's attacking them in the neutral zone so like a four check uh it's the access to the zone, which I think we were really freaking good at last year. We we broke up a lot of play at the blue line, and teams couldn't even get their blue or their penalty power play started. And then the third thing, again, like you guys touched on, is that diamond versus we were very aggressive in a box last year. And I mm-hmm. think that they've changed the diamond because I think that teams are shifting the way that they play the power play. But the aggression just isn't there. We're very stagnant. And unlike other teams, when they're stagnant, they're in the lanes. We haven't been in the lanes because you're in that diamond position. So, yeah, it's it's threefold for me, and I, I hopefully they can tweak it and change it. All right, uh, time to let's get those to get. I'll bring in Brody here since I'm the one uh, controlling the call here. Uh, Brody Schnarr from Owners Box joining us on Oilers Nation Radio. If you remember, a couple weeks ago we chatted with Brody and we introduced you to Owners Box. It's basically a hybrid between fantasy hockey and daily fantasy hockey. It's weekly fantasy sports. Check them out, ownersbox.com. Um, the only contest I've lost, if I'm being honest, is the one we did here on this podcast too. I believe you won, right, Dan? No. I Rick? didn't. Uh, Josh, Josh pulled it out. Oh, Josh, Josh won. won. Ah, damn I it, lost, Josh. 
I lost like three players on, uh, uh, on Carolina. Oh, that that's a big sting. Uh, Brody yeah. hopping on the pod now. Uh, how big of an impact has kind of those COVID delays and all that had on some of these contests? Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, COVID's definitely made it, made it a little more complicated, I think, for everyone. And I think for everyone yeah. watching at home. But I mean, <laughs> we, we knew that in mind when we were designing what we have out right now. We kind of thought into that where, you know, we do give you, if someone's out for injuries, a free swap. Um, so sucks you took everyone from Carolina. It sucks that they all didn't play. Um, there's not much we can do, unfortunately, about that. Oh, but we wanted to not. make it we wanted to make it as simple as possible to still get some new players in your lineup. But that's the thing right there, Brody. That's a big plus is that you know, Rick was unable to benefit from his Carolina players, but the next time he goes to play a draft, instead of, you know, where yeah. you're stuck for a season having lost a matchup sixteen to nothing, you can now go into another draft and draft those players knowing that they got a few more games under their belt. So yeah, and yeah, to I your point, Dan, you picked all the Canadians who, you know, there's maybe less COVID worry there. So you got to give yeah. props to you. I saw you got a lot of my Leafs there. So I did, yeah. I think you took the whole damn team. I did. I really did. <laughs> uh, Brody, looking at the season so far, let's stay in the all-Canadian division. It's something we've talked about so far on the podcast. When you look at the seven teams, who's been the biggest surprise for you, whether it's positive or negative? Like, did you think Ottawa would be this bad? Did you think the Habs would be this good? What's been your big takeaway so far? I think so. the Habs weren't – it's surprising to me they're doing this well, and I think everyone to see yeah. them come out the gate this hot. But, I mean, their underlying numbers last year were good. I guess to see them kind of dominating the division the way they are is a little surprising, so I'd go with them. Um, but, yeah, other than that, it, it's early on. I know it's a shortened season, so you got to start getting points going, but it's, it's still very early, and – it's tough to see how it all ends up playing out. So I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to give you a team and then that switch <laughs> over the next week. And then I look bad here, but I'd say Canadians from what I've seen so far. Uh, looking around the league in terms of individual players and maybe, you know, someone who's been dominating an owner's box league that you wouldn't have thought, has there been an in- individual player who's gone off to a hot start? That's really surprised you. Um, From a surprising standpoint, I mean, you can point to Dallas off their start, but I'll stick with the Leafs. I mean, it's not it's not as much of a surprise that Marner is right up there, but the fact that he's night in and night out, um, we, we heard before the season as Leaf fans, he's going to be shooting the puck more. And it, it was kind of hard to see how that was going to mesh with Matthews, who is obviously shoot first, but they seem to be playing great together. So, I, I mean, you expected some points out of Mitch, but I don't think we expected this much out of him as a Leaf fan. And I'm going to ask you the flip side of that question now. Is there someone who, when you're looking at what they maybe haven't been able to do through the first few weeks of the season. Is there someone who you think might be in a good bounce back spot for the next couple of weeks here that you're maybe targeting and highlighting in, in some drafts? Yeah. So I would think some of those on our platform, specifically some of those depth oiler, not depth oilers, but maybe that second tier, everyone knows about McDavid. Everyone knows about dry I think Oilers are off to kind of a tough start. There's there's goalie concerns, but also just the schedule and the hand you've been dealt. You're you're playing the wrong teams at the wrong time. Um, you go up against the Canadians and the Leafs to start, and it looks like coming up you've got some games against the Senators and the Flames that you know maybe haven't been playing as good. So I would think a guy like Nugent Hopkins, he, he's been doing all right, but I could see kind of that next level go above point per game for the next week or so with those kind of so far what looks like to be easier matchups. Brody, my question for you is once you're getting later into a draft, what kind of players are you kind of looking at that are providing some good value that you maybe wouldn't pick up up high, but maybe into some of your lower picks? Is there anybody yes. that comes to mind? 
Yeah, there, there's quite a few. For me, it's always been, it's looking at those defensemen. Um, you know, there, there's so many good forwards this year. And depending on the style you do, if you do a two-man draft, you're only going 10 forwards deep, right? Where you can yeah. make a case for each player. But if, if you go into one of our eight-man or 16-man contests, you start getting a little deeper. And I'm, I'm looking for those defensemen that still have that first power play time. You know, teams are still kind of settling in. You see the hot starts for power plays constantly. You're definitely seeing it if you're watching the North Division. And I think getting that power play quarterback from, you know, just about any team right now, well, power plays are still striking around the league. It's a good time to kind of keep that in mind and keep that designation in mind when you're drafting your team. I just finished... Oh, go ahead, Dan. Oh, I was just going to say, I like, I know you guys are partnered with the nation network. And so it sounds a little patronizing, but like you guys changed the game for me when it comes to that live draft interface. Yeah. Like you mentioned there with the, the first power play lines, I know you work with daily face off to come up with that stuff, I think. Um, and I just, you know, as a, as a fantasy guy, I really appreciate that level of detail that you guys put into it and, and the effort that you put there to, to be able to come up with the, mm-hmm. you know, the casual fan now can feel like a real smart fantasy player and not have to do all the digging and work that other, other fantasy sport leagues make you do. Yeah. Thanks a lot. We appreciate that. I know we're, we're fantasy sports players ourselves. And I think what gets lost sometimes is if you're a fantasy player, maybe you you try and complicate the system, but we know, we know there's lots out there that are just getting into it. And we wanted to make that interface work for that casual guy and the guy that's, you know, been playing every other type every single day throughout the year. If anyone wants to hop in on a contest with me, I am in a 16-man draft right now, but there's only four people in it. So we're waiting for it to fill out a little bit right now. But the cost to enter is 25 owner's bucks, which is a part of the uh, sort of the bonus you get when you sign up. Right, Brody? Yeah, exactly. So you come over to our platform, you verify you're going to get five real dollars to play with, and you also get a handful of owner's bucks to play with as well. So you can can try risk-free. You can can see if you like it before you really dive deep we think you will and we want to kind of give everyone that chance to play before before making their own investment in it perfect brody we'll uh, have to uh, have a few more of these check-ins throughout the year here but appreciate your time today man oh actually yeah, let's go any new promos that you guys are running over at owner's box so same same as before um the verify you know bring your yep. friends in and and we have a whole structure there on how you kind of get paid out if if you're inviting your friends and bringing them the one thing we want to bring up in the upcoming weeks we have a new game mode coming out um that we're really excited we're kind of we're, we're fine-tuning we're finalizing at this point so we'll, we'll have more in the upcoming weeks for you guys there oh that's boy. a good tease that's a good tease that's how you do it in the media we'll leave industry. it on that note exactly we'll leave <laughs> it on that note. all right thanks for your time enjoy the weekend brody yeah cheers guys thanks for having me on have a good buddy one. There you go. go. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) There's Brody Schnarr from owner's box (laughs) riling up Oilers fans with the go Leafs go uh, at the end there. Someone tweeted me yesterday. It was actually our good friend, Nicholas good. Uh, He sent out a tweet saying, Oh, the fake crowd noise is into it. And I said, if the fake crowd noise was any more realistic yesterday, we would have had a few go Leafs go chance at Rogers place. It's funny. Like it's, it was so off it. yesterday. It was so off. Like there's a shot and really a save and a kick out. And then it's the, Oh, like it's the goal Bad. is the goal, right? It's fine. It get that's easy to time in there. And even if you miss it, it's fine. But there's like the ooze and the ahs were like, it was like when you watch your TV and the video isn't lined up with the audio yeah. and the news person sit and now all you can see is their mouth move and there's not lined up with the words. And you're like, this is all I can watch. There was now. one play in the second period where Jack, you couldn't hear Jack over the fake crowd. I was yeah. just like, I was, was so it confused. Was it, did you, no, was it was, it we thought? had a, we had a close chance. And the crowd was just going nuts. And Jack is speaking, and I'm just like, was, can was somebody the, turn the crowd down? I, I don't know. Was, like they, it's, they thought it went in the net. 
And then the and then the, I think the Jets the in the Jets game too I was laughing because it just it seems like sometimes in these games the person that's running that computer isn't really doesn't really have their finger on the pulse. I'm not, it's like, like Kyle, I, know, no, I know it's, it's not an easy job. It's but. Tyler with hot and cold performers. <laughs> Someone with buttons, yeah. It's it's Tyler <laughs> that aren't his. Like you know, oh shit, so button button button. <laughs> it, it feels like maybe it's a tech person that doesn't yeah. necessarily know what's going on in the game and they just see you know it's like go 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 i don't know whatever <laughs> it's a hard job it can't be easy but it's weird and let's be honest if there was real crowd noise in there there would have been a few boo birds over the last oh, yeah. couple of nights. Shoot. Shoot. Well, one thing that brody brought up and i want to i want to bring this back to the oilers here Brody brought up a power play quarterback. And when he said that, it made me think of Dave Tippett pulling Tyson Berry off the power play already. I just want to go around the horn really quickly and get everybody's take on Barry coming off. Personally, I thought he was getting a little bit of the yips almost. It seemed like he trying too hard. He would fake shoot and then he would try to shoot and then he was just trying to do too much and it almost seemed like he was like a puppy with too much energy and didn't exactly know what to do with it. Tyler? I wonder if and I'm going to go off for a second here but I wonder if part of it is does he maybe feel like would it be intimidating going out on that power play is what I'm trying to say like yeah. in your mind are you like holy shit do I pass to Nuge I got to get the puck to Connor I haven't passed to Leon in a few times do they want me shooting the puck or should I be waiting for them to shoot the puck like it's almost like an awkward dance like a high school dance you're kind of like oh who's making the first move who's going first here and I want Dave Tippett to give him more time with that being said like I was okay that they pulled him off for a little bit because I'm like no you still need to send the message that accountability results matter and all that but they started putting him back out there in that game against Toronto last night. And I like that. Like, I don't know. I give him more time to grow with this group. The natural talent is there for Tyson Berry. He's a right shot. I think that will work really, really well with this top power play unit. Give him more time. And that power play is at its best when they aren't even thinking. And when they're all on the same page, it's just firing the puck around, bang, scoring chance, fired around, bang, scoring chance. And give Barry a little bit more time to get that, you know, to understand the flow of how that power play is going to work. To your point, it's like last night, Bob Stoffer in the intermission said, well, maybe we miss Oscar Clefbaum more than we thought. When I think about the power play, I think about a guy like Clefbaum who's had now five years worth of reps with those same guys. They know he knows what Connor's going to do. He knows what Leon's going to do and where he needs to put it so that they are happy. Tyson Berry still doesn't know how to do that yet. And I don't think that Darnell nurse is going to be the, the permanent uh, the permanent option on the back end there. I actually think it's going to be Bouchard, but uh, I I think that Tyson Berry needs more time to work out those yips because he's still not comfortable in that spot with his power play. Whereas everybody else on there, the other four guys have all worked together for years now, more or less. Well, and we see it every time that a new person goes up with McDavid or Dreisaitl. They they're they're hesitant. You know, Jesse even you know to his credit, he's he's gotten through it in like two or three games, um, but when he first was up there with them, it's that like, do I shoot it here or do I give it right back to you kind of thing? Cause, because, you know, hell, hell be, you know, your, 
your wrath if you if you're the guy that screws up and and takes away a goal from from the best player in the world so yeah i think that even just when it comes to his regular five on five play there's just that like there's that comfort level that new guys need when it comes to playing with the best players in the world and you can't force that so yeah 100 percent. i i think that darnell nurse is a good placeholder while barry figures it out and then clefbaum comes back and hopefully bouchard's here in a couple years full time but or a couple games or a yeah, couple yeah. games who knows <laughs> yeah, a few years but, that's not good well I, I you know i i don't want to i don't want to put too many expectations on the kid but for the old man however you look at it you got to start playing sooner or later but yeah i i think you guys hit it on the head when you say that it's just that level of comfort and that level of uh you know not being the bad guy taking away the looks from mcdavid and drysaddle but would again just say, the, to the quarterback point, I... the quarterback's corner you know, they, we, you needed some guy in there just to move the puck from the left to the right, right? You've got two of the best passers in the world on both your sides, and your main job is to, to get the puck to one of them and let them work everything, right? So you're right. When it Barry, I do think there's probably too much going on in his head trying to figure out exactly what he's trying to do, make this guy happy, make that guy happy, do the right thing, because um, there is just so much overthinking. But here's a question. The fact that they can't really hang out, Right, there's no has to has to affect it. Like I refuse. Yeah, because that's gonna that scare, scare you. That's gonna like scare you more, right? Because Connor's not a very outgoing type of person, right? So if he's yeah. sitting there and he's just quiet in the in the dressing room, are you looking at him going, "Oh, I think he's pissed off at me because I didn't pass the puck here. You know, I screwed this up." Has to there, I don't think he's just not confident in there. Not nurse you, you can put in there because nurse, yeah. you know, he's he's. He's part of the shadow. He's part of them. He, he's, he is, you know, this is like the, uh, the boys on the bus nurse is a part of the boys on the bus. The position you need filled right now on the power play spot is more of just like a pivot role who can move the puck here, there. He knows where everyone's going to be. They're comfortable with him on that side. And he's actually better offensively than everyone's ever given him credit for. It would be interesting. So I'm okay actually, with there. It would be interesting actually to look around the league and see how all new guys are doing on their new teams. Because Rick just brought up an interesting point that, Team bonding in hockey is a massive thing, and they don't get to really do it. They're not allowed to hit up the pine after a game right now. But some guys, even in the dressing room, are going to be more outgoing, right? Like, that's just their thing. That's that's who they are. But there's some guys who are more quiet, and I guarantee you there's days where Connor's just, you know, walking around the hallways doing whatever, and people are going, oh, he's pissed off. I can tell he's angry. And he's not angry. He's just, you know, that's who he is. He's a bit of a quiet guy. Well, and that's too, like when you're on the road, Washington Capitals got fined for it. You can't even spend time with your teammates in a, in a, so like you're not a getting comfortable with their personalities. So, you're not, you know, yeah. you don't know how to talk to them. You don't know how to like, that's, you know, they became such a, a, a unit, a gelled unit. They knew exactly where everyone was going to be. Now you're the new guy coming in and you're in a pretty pivotal role as that pivot spot. You know, that puck's coming through you a lot. So there's a lot on your stick there. And yeah, I bet you and DK men here and everybody said, Oh, this kid's going to put up all sorts of crazy power play points. That's not working. You can't tell me the next five on five shift. He's not thinking about that or that's not sitting there. That's just weighing on him. This has been weighing on him. So in the first games, nothing was going that way is on him. Then they started getting the offense going and the defense slips again. That's weighing on him. Once they get all these things going together, they can get kind of like those skeletons out of their head. That's when the whole team can start moving forward. And that's when they'll start getting better. To Dan's point, I also think that there's something to Dan's point where a new guy like Tyson Berry, you're right, Rick. Connor is the quarterback on the power play. He is. 
But I also think that for a new guy, and I even saw it with Nugent Hopkins in the first couple of games, there's a, there's a tendency to default to Connor too much. Mm-hmm. And then you can just overload his side because, you know, people are going to try to force things through to, to him anyway. I think that once Barry settles down a little bit, he'll be able to pick and choose the spots where, okay, I'm going to get the primary goal. He'd like primary goal is to get the puck to Connor. But he's got to look at his his other receivers too to see who's open and available and make sure that it goes that way instead of just trying to force it through. So it is getting more fluid right now. They are starting to move the puck better. They're starting to feel, look a little bit more um, comfortable out there. But I do think part of that is just knowing that they exactly who's on the who's on the blue line. And you know, there's those times where you have three guys in the corner in a battle, and you can just chip the puck behind you, you know, blindly because you know Clefbaum or Nurse in this matter are going to be there. Whereas sometimes Barry's not there. Um, he's, you know, thinking something else going to, you know, maybe coming up the middle or something where he's just not quite covering those spots. Once you get there, then it'll get better. Once, as we wind up January, our friends at tourism Jasper want you to consider Jasper to celebrate winter safely in a pristine mountain wonderland ending this weekend. That's the 31st of January. We'll have some new deals for February, get incredible deals on COVID friendly versions of all your favorite winter activities. Celebrate the spirit of winter with glowing light installations throughout town, more intimate adventure options, unforgettable skiing and multi-day stays in a cabin of your very own. Get outdoors and make some new memories with members of your household. Learn more at jasper.travel forward slash January. Again, time's running out. Jasper.travel forward slash January. Get yourself to the mountains. Get a nice little, maybe you can take a nice little selfie in front of a, a frozen lake, Tyler. That'd look nice. That'd look real nice. And yeah. you'd enjoy yourself. You really My would. pale skin looks good in the winter light. Uh, next exactly, topic I want to go to. That was in Frank. I think that <laughs> oh, was really? uh, chance. Uh, chance. next. I think uh, the next topic I want to cover is I want to look at the bottom six a little bit. Um, I'm thinking of a guy like Cahoon. Mm-hmm. I think in he's got plenty six? of skill. No, he's not bottom six yet. You're talking support players, really. Support yes. players. Cahoon, I think, has got skill. He's just snake bitten right now. And I bet once he scores, he's going to relax a little bit and they'll come easier. Do you think with so many guys in the bottom six kind of in that same spot right now that there's a shuffle in those lines that makes sense? Maybe it's a Tyler Ennis moves up with Leon and Yam for a game or two to try and give easier matchups to Kuhn with Tourists or something like that. Is there, a, is there a shuffle that makes sense to you to try and get more juice out of your bottom six guys, Rick? There definitely is, but the the thing is, we need consistency. Nobody gets a couple of games. We're not those two lines haven't been together in how long. You know, they, they don't get any consistent games together. They need to get some minutes together. We need to stop shuffling people in and out of the lineup. So choose six and put them in for you know four or five games and kind of get away from it. Don't touch it after that. Maybe do some in 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 game uh, tweaks here and there. But for the most part, we need to get some consistency. Get you know tourists. Cassian, you guys are now a, a duo. What do you guys want on your left wing there? Do you need speed? Do you need size? You know, is it Neil? Is it Negard? Is it Ennis? Let's try and figure these things out, but we got to get them all playing together. Flipping guys in and out all the time can't be helping them, especially when they're, when you're, when you're gripping the st- stick too tight. 
Uh, if we're talking Cahoon specifically, I want to leave him there. I think he's just snake bit right now. I think eventually the offense is going to come, and he's a guy who's had success in the past with skilled players. Like, just give him some time to get to get used to things. There, that third line, I agree with Rick. I think the the duo of Cassian and Turris has looked good, and I think there's some potential there. But I would maybe look at mixing up who's on that left side. Maybe Nygaard gives him more speed. Like. Maybe there is a better combination there. And I mentioned it off the top, but I'm excited for Gaetan Haas to be healthy. I think he brings Big speed. I'm a huge Gaetan Haas guy. I, is, there he, any way, is there any way you put Gaetan Haas at the third center to go with Cassian and maybe some speed, move tourists down just to get that speed going? I think if you get the speed in the line, that's going to force Cassian to get going. If you play it slow, that he gets to play slow, no real strides. He can get lost in the shuffle. But if you get out there going north and south, north and south, get some speed going out there, I think that may force Cassian to get into the game. He can skate with, with yeah. anybody out there, you know, and he can chip those pucks in. You saw what he did yesterday. I think you need to – I need to, the coach needs to somehow get some life into that line. And with him, I think you need to get some horses on that line. And yeah, it can't like, be the first line, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if I break up Taurus and Cassian yet, but – I don't hate the idea of putting Cassian on a line with, yeah, Haas and Nygaard and letting the three of them just skate their brains out, man. Just go out there, skate hard for 30 seconds and get to the bench and see what you can do. So We need I, those short, hard shifts to get the tank, to get the hearts going on these Yeah, guys. But I, I, I think Torres and Cassian have been fine together. And maybe Nygaard on that left side does the same thing, where if Torres can kind of just be the high guy off the rush and Nygaard and Cassian are just ripping up the wings and forechecking like demons, then maybe that's something that could work as well. But... Um, like James Neal hasn't been very good. Like he's slow and he's not getting in on the rush. He, last year, remember he'd go bang around a little bit. He, he'd hit some guys in the corners. Like he's barely even doing that this year. So I think there is a different mix to try there. And and again, maybe I'm overvaluing Gaetan Haas. I probably am, but I, I think he could give them something down the middle, some more speed. Dan, what do you think? You think the line combos need some more time or is it time to pull out Mac T's blunder? I have a radical suggestion. Why don't you try center in the NBA? Yeah. Trade them all. You try moving Cassian over to the left-hand side and it's Cassian Turris and Yamamoto. Yamamoto has been an absolute firecracker for this team. And I think that if you, whatever line you put him on, he's going to spark something with that line. You move James Neal up. I don't agree with you, Tyler. I think James Neal coming back to this team has ignited the reality that you have to shoot the puck again because this team didn't seem to remember that for the first he five, did have or five shots game. yesterday. So, so he shoots the puck a lot. He goes up there with Cahoon and Drysaddle. You keep Cahoon and Drysaddle together. I'm getting really excited about this idea. And uh, or you can even slide Archibald up there as well because I think Archibald. Uh, does does play well in spot duty, but I just think that Yamamoto is a guy that then you take him and you put him on that power play and the number one power play, and it's it's fire wagon hockey again. I don't know. I just I think that Yamamoto is I I don't want to say underutilized right now, but I just I feel like he's a guy that wherever you put him, he is going to be excited to be there, and he's going to bring that skill and that talent that is kind of getting wasted by the fact that, you know, Dreisaitl and, and Cahoon are going to be fine whoever's on their wing. I see Rick having smoke coming out of his ears on this one. Rick, go ahead, buddy. I don't know how you drop – I don't know how you take Yamamoto and drop him down to the third It's line. not a drop, I mean, necessarily. Everybody, everybody said, like, um, as soon as Cassian, they went from – you know, as soon as Pooley Pou- got put on the first line, instead of saying Pooley got put on the first line, they're saying Cassian got demoted. 
Right? Yeah. Everyone's saying Kassin got demoted. So this is exactly what you're doing then. You're putting whoever you're going to have in Yamamoto's spot. Who are you, who, who's playing with? Uh... I said Neil or Archibald. Good heavens. He... Neil's got to be your fourth line dude, man. No, be... Neil's, I think that Neil is, is a spark for this team that they haven't had uh, this season. Where, again, like I said, the you team wasn't up. shooting. We were screaming for, them to sh- for him to shoot. He doesn't need he to keep shot. up. He, he just needs to stand at the blue line and wait. He doesn't. Five shots no, last night, Rick. Tyler banged me out, bailed me out with that stat. Neil got so five shots last night. Yeah. Okay. He shoots the puck. One, one, he won as a tip, so that was. I'll give you that one. I know that. Nah, one still counts. You're going hard to the net. No, you get 100%, 100%. I'm just saying that's not shooting the puck. That's going to the net. Yes, we could use some players going to the net. 100%. I agree. He ended there. up having six shots last night. Okay. Even better. Hey, oh, those, I'm even put more those, right. Put those note. Put those notes in in your uh, gambling pockets, there, boys. That could yeah. be some big money there. Not uh, very thank you to Austin Matthews last night for hitting the shot prop for me. But dude, you got to take care of the bottom six. But those two lines need to be fixed. Those top guys, you, you just got to let them go. Let them go. Um, yeah. Putting Yamamoto out I, there. I, I don't touch the top in, six. I believe in keeping them together, but I think that you need to keep them together in pairs. That's the pair. Then the pair is Drysidle and Yamamoto. Tyler, you don't touch top six whatsoever. What if you flipped Cahoon and Nuge? No, I'm not doing it. Or, mm, ah, not that I'm not doing it. I think there is a reason why Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins haven't been broken up since the bubble. Yeah, I can tell you. Connor wants to play with Ron, Nugent Hopkins. And I think this is I I think I'm guessing that you heard the same shit that I heard as well. And Connor wants to play with either Drysidle or Nooch. And Take Connor McDavid, I think, is not going to be happy not playing with a skilled winger. I think he may have made that known. Like I think that might be something that's going on here because. That would explain why Tippett hasn't put that trio back together, man. And Bagmill, you just said it. You might be hearing the same things I'm hearing. I think there's a chance he's kind of said, "Oh, you guys, is there a fucking fire? Is there a fire? No, no fire. It's just, it's just what I heard. Basically, was Connor said, "Look, I don't want to be playing." Well, this I'm paraphrasing. I don't know what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to be playing with fucking Ty Ratty and you know, whoever else on Patrick the left Maroon. Side. Yes. You should, know, like that he should duo. Not be, he should not be. He doesn't him want he it. So I think that him. what I heard based, what I heard is that Connor said, or suggested, listen, I want to play with one of those guys, Connor or Nuge or Leon, take your pick. And for the best of the team, it is Ryan Nugent Hopkins without a doubt. I agree. But I wonder if it's going to get to a point where tips just go like Connor, I got to fuck me. I got to try something. And, and I think what it might need to come to is six. is you might need to just say, listen, I know you want to play with a skilled winger, but the bottom line is we win when it's new GMO dry sidle. So do you want to have fun or do you want to win? And again, like not that, you know, Connor McDavid doesn't want to win, but I'm just saying like you might need to, and maybe you just got to say, Hey, give them a chance. Give me two games, Connor play with Cahoon and pull your for two games. And if it doesn't work, we'll go right back to Nuge. But I think Connor just really, really wants a skilled winger. And I think Dave Tippett recognizes the value in giving Connor a really good skilled winger with a defensive conscience like Nuge. So, but and listen, as we're talking a, about this, he deserves to have a he does a, the greatest line mates he can. As we're talking about this, I also want to make it abundantly clear that this doesn't mean that there's a fucking problem. No. It just means that Connor <laughs> McDavid wants to play with a skilled winger as opposed to having two. <laughs> 
dragging testicles falling behind him on the ice because he had a big robbing dick out there. So Connor like, McDavid didn't call Daryl Cates and say, I want to trade if you don't play me with nudes. Like, I think he just kind of said like, Hey, I want skill. Like I want to play with a skilled winger. It's yeah, like, listen, I can't carry lines on my back. I need help. And I think that's what this is. And I just, I wonder, I wonder how far away it'll be. I would like, okay. So I wonder where it is then on Ken Holland's, to-do list be it maybe next year or beyond where it's like all right i need to find another fucking skilled winger christ almighty we need to get another skilled winger Taylor, so there is more you can't do anything you can't do anything to the salary cap goes up a bit right but, but next again year, this next is year a sizable chunk of this money is, comes off just this is strictly up. this is our issues have been not strictly but for the most part bottom six issues we get the bottom six dealt with you get some some scoring out of those and some consistency out of those lines then all of a sudden we're not sitting here worried about this. We're not sitting here going, uh, Cahoon has, you know, whatever, no goals or one goal or whatever the hell he has right now. We're not getting as worried. As we're talking about this, I'm feeling, I'm like getting like these weird flashback feelings. Were we having this exact same conversation last year about depth scoring not coming? Yes. Yes. And then like December ish is when it started to turn around, dude, there were, there were people just screaming. We're not making the playoffs again. Like it was, it was, Everything you're reading last night, everything you heard last night was all being said last November into the early December. If you remember, like, that's when we had all of our right wingers go down, right? Because I was the one near trying to get Yaman yeah. here in, in November, or um, right after Halloween, when we went through, everybody got a turn playing right wing, right? Like, that's just what we, so we had this all last year, and then it started to, like, flip around pretty much exactly when Yamamoto got here, right? Like, that line just started clicking, things started clicking. Uh, we started to really take off. So we are in the same spot right now. We have the players to do it. They're just not playing well. Those wheels are not all spinning at the same time. Once they get going, we'll be fine. They just can't fucking wait too long to get these fucking wheels moving. They got to do it right away. So I wonder, like, we need to get Christopher Steak back on this podcast because I wonder how how do you get that going? Like, what is the solution there? I'd love to know from guys who have gone through – you know, a rough or a cold patch in their career. Like what's the, what's the play to get out of it? Cause I, again, well, one, I know I'm... Thing, one thing they're missing is a chance to go out and fucking light it up with the boys. Right. And I know that's, yeah. I know people are going to sit there and, and poo poo that and whatever, but that's legit a thing. Like whether you go out to the bar, whether you guys are going out, you're, you're, you're just bonding, you're getting together, you're becoming a family, you're becoming a team. And they can't do that right now. That is going to add to negativity on your team. All right. So this is what we need. Dan, you'll like this because this applies to you directly. We need the boys to head out there for a fucking line brawl. Let's Not able to bring go. the boys together than a big old line brawl where everybody's in a dust up. When do we play Calgary next week? Yep. Yeah. Maybe but that's what it thing. is. I think I think watching the uh, the highlights on hockeyfights.com yesterday of Matthew Kachuk getting his getting his uh, shit handed to him by. Uh, <laughs> by Ben Chirot, you watch the language of the other team. I'm telling you, you watch the rest of his team, the language around them, they just look like they are tired of it. And when he when he went and got his puck flipped at him and he lost his damn mind over that, which is just, I mean, like, yeah, sure, it's not, not Jake Muzzin's shining moment in his career, but it's I also it just, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, Matthew. And I think the rest of his team is tired of his shit. And we called this. We've called this all along. We just, I just don't think anybody thought it was going to happen this early. But, like, Milan Lucic is on their team, and he has zero fights this year. 
He's not gone out there and defended Matthew Kachuk for his stupidity. So he, can't, he really can't do that anymore, though. As much no, as he absolutely I... can, absolutely you can. He can. Lucic has done it, right? Remember, remember, Lucic fought uh, England just because he looked at Connor McDavid wrong on his like second shift with the Oilers. Yeah, but that's England who's willing to fight anybody. Yeah, but Lucic can go Muzz, and grab guys. Would... Yeah, Muzzin's not going to fight nobody. Lucic could have gone out and fought Ben Chirot. Ben Chirot would yes, have taken that. Yes, but that doesn't seem to be that doesn't seem to be like in the mentality if, of the league. Because if I you're agree Ben Chirot, I'm not taking that. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> go sit like, fucking down, Lucic. I'm not fighting but, you. But Lucic has the ability to at least try, right? We've seen it with Cassian. Sure, maybe he gets some penalties. Whatever that game was lost, anyways. But uh, I don't know. It's just. I don't know. It, it's it's bring it back to the Oilers, though, Dan. I want a line brawl. Oh, yeah. I think the I don't know. need a I line brawl. Ha- I just don't know if it's going to happen with Calgary. Maybe you go after Brady. Maybe you go after you get Cassian and just go after Brady, and then he looks right at the camera and he goes, Tom Brady? "Matthew, that was for you." And then it's just, and then it's just bedlam oh, after that. Brady. <laughs> but, <laughs> there is no way he had to say, "Take your lumps, buddy." That's how you get in the NHL. You go after his players. Yeah. You look at him and go, hey, listen, you do that one. Like, so after you went on the, uh, fell on the goalie, you look at him and go, listen, next time we're going through your goalie. I'm taking Austin Matthews out. If you, you do that skate, again, I'm going to kill one Austin bench, Matthews. When he's skating on the bench, you skate by and look at him and go, hey, listen, you keep that shit up. I'm going to go at, and you point at Goudreau. And then you watch the, the Goudreau's face go white. Look at, look at him and go, okay, please calm down. I don't really want to deal with this shit. But to bring it back to the Oilers, as you asked, Bag Milk, that's why I was frustrated that Jujar Kara got scratched when he did, because I really felt like he was starting to do that, play that role again, and then he got scratched, and you know maybe that takes that out of him. I am a it fan of the a- hammer. Is that air. A, there we go. Perfect. Is that, yeah, no, is that a clip? Can we make that a clip, please? Of the hammer? I'm a, I'm um, a fan of the hammer. I'm a big yeah. fan of the hammer. There's a clean but, but he's the guy. He's the guy that needs to do that. Cassian, it's been it's been beaten out of him since the since the turtle incident. I I just don't think the crazy is there. Uh, he needs the fans back in the building before you get that we don't crazy need him back. To be crazy. We just need him to go oh. out there and bang some bodies. If you, you need crazy, him to be crazy. Guys, Yes, no. listen, that's like when the hit and show a general just, pulse. No, yes. but uh, as Big Milk's kind of saying here, he's alluding to the fact that you go out and you, you start some mayhem, you go out and you melee. start something crazy, and you bring the team together and they he's rally around the that. Throwing knucks around. That's that, whole, that, whole, that whole fucking Kachuk thing, did that not start with him like taking a run at Connor? It started with Kachuk taking a run, taking five and six strides at, at uh, Cassian, leaving his guy no, wide no, open. No, 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 no. We were at the game in Calgary when he, when he started to turtle the first time. And then the next game is when he started running. Uh, Kachuk started running him. Yeah. The first yeah. one, we were, we were in Calgary because we started looking so at the guys around us. And he literally, that yeah. was the first one where he goes and turtles. It's between he the went behind lines. the net and hit. He went behind the net. No, that was, the, that was the next game. This oh. was the game when we were in Calgary, so it was probably the last game of the year. I've it watched might too be many the, highlights. It might be the Connor Broken, the game we don't speak about. I was probably in the alumni. No, that wasn't it. Myself a no, but there was a game sandwich. we were in Calgary, and they were about to scrap. Um, <laughs> Kachuk turtled between the right around the red line. That Tyler, was like, rank, that's how it started everything. Rank this what? episode of hundred out of one out of one hundred and twenty-two. Oh, is this, this your favorite this part? Easily the reason why we're the second best hockey <laughs> in India, I tell you right now. Buddy, our rankings are going to go through the roof after today. 
let's get a fight going. That's what we're saying. Tyler's fighting his eyes from closing right now, so we'll get his. No, I'm ready. trying to watch Cassian highlights. To see. Oh, okay. That's when it started. I thought you were checking out. I thought you were just like, this is just off the rails. No, I love this podcast. Give us, give us the breakdown. What happened then, Tyler? I the highlight pack I'm watching is from two years ago, and that's not Sportsnet. quite the one. I don't think not no, hockey fights. You went to Sportsnet. In, the game is. Jeez, I didn't Calgary. know that. I didn't know that Cassian's still in Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, get your buttons ready. Let's get okay. to the Epcor hot and cold performers <laughs> of right. the week. Skating on frozen ponds may be the Canadian way, but keeping each other safe by knowing the difference between a pond and a stormwater facility is also the Canadian way. Learn more at epcor.com forward slash winter safety. Epcor.com forward slash winter safety. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Epcor. Make sure that you guys are on the correct ponds this winter. As we do every week, we start off with our veggies, meaning the cold performer of the week, meaning the downside in life over the last seven days. Mr. Nation Dan, I look at you at the bottom half of my screen. Your Epcor cold performer of the week. Uh, It's going to be the Oilers reverse retro schedule. I'm pretty frustrated with it. As a guy that wasn't even that big of a fan of the jersey myself, uh, the fact that we're only going to see it three games out of 56 yeah. this year when we've gotten like, yeah, we've got uh, this oh, Saturday, tomorrow, tomorrow night yeah. we'll see it against the Leafs, and then we see it for a two-game stretch in February, February the 23rd and 25th against Vancouver, and that's it. I wonder so, if so because the there's no fa- I wonder if because there's no okay. fans if they had something to – I'm okay with that excuse, except for the fact that they've rolled out this navy jersey as if it's our as if it's our home jersey now. Yeah, you schedule in front of you, Dan. I don't, but I can. Out a couple days ago. Yeah, it's just, I, like, I wonder. Like, admit, to me, I find it strange how much they're wearing the thirds. Like, I don't mind the thirds. I'm not. I'm not opposed to them. I actually, uh, Rick's got an Ethan Bear third, and I I love that jersey, but. It is interesting that they did release this reverse retro and they're only going to wear it three of 56 times. It's, they it promoted doesn't... it for two weeks straight this offseason and they're going to wear it for three games. It's such a joke. It's such a waste of time. And all it does is feed into the people that, that are like, it's just a stupid cash grab. So that's why it's my cold performer of the week. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. <laughs> Tyler was waiting to push that button so no, long. Yeah. He was just hanging <laughs> over it. Perfect. Uh, Rick, your Epcor cold performer of the week. Well, it's, it's, it's tough right now, so I don't want anyone to get too upset, but I'm going to give it to someone who's more just kind of uh, struggling right now. He needs to uh, fix his game. He needs to help out a little bit more. And once he does, I think it'll take some of the pressure off the Oilers. So it, right now it's going to be on Dominic Cahoon. We need a little more offense out of you. You got two really, really skilled wingers with you. That line needs to figure itself out. Are you thrilled? I'm not. No, I'm not. Tyler, your Epcor Cold Performer of the Week. My Cold Performer of the Week is going to be the NHL schedule makers. You know, teams are play are supposed to be playing every second night, but somehow we are stuck in this odd loop of one game on one night, 14 the next <laughs> night. And it's a Friday night. Friday night. In the middle of a pandemic, people have nothing better to do but then to sit down at home and watch hockey and you put one hockey game on the schedule. <laughs> NHL schedule makers, they're my cold performer of the week. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. 
So is that yesterday, game even on TV for us? Can we watch it? Is it on Sportsnet or TSN? Who knows? It's on Sportsnet 9, and you don't get it in Edmonton. What the hell is 9? I'm kidding. I, was, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> One of the only bright sides that I had from yesterday's loss against the Leafs was that I actually had a really good betting night. I've been doing, I did, I did a money line parlay that hit. And then I decided to sprinkle on the end of the money line parlay, a Connor over a point and a half, which Me really too. sent it up. And so I had a really good day. So I was feeling good. I'm like, all right, I'm going to throw all of this back in. I missed out on game stonks. So I'm going to go and I'm going to buy, <laughs> I'm going to buy some sports betting units on something. And then one fucking game. Yeah. Friday night. No game Friday night. Watching, uh, I don't know. Bet on basketball. I don't know anything about basketball. Uh, My Epcor cold performer of the week to finish off this side, the ledger is going to go to the penalty kill. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the podcast, four straight games with a power play goal against it's hurting us right now. And I know they can do better. I feel like Rick is right where they need some consistency. Who's actually out there. I think that'll help. And then they need some at bats and making sure that they're getting the saves that they need to kill those off. Penalty kill. You are my cold performer of the week. Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's a great button. Flipping the ledger, I'm going to start with Tyler. You're up first. Epcor hot performer of the week. Yeah, I'm going to go with an Oilers player who I keep seeing get some hate online, and I will say I don't get it. Darnell Nurse has played more than almost every other player in the NHL to this point, almost any other, every other defenseman in the NHL to this point. And not only is he playing, but he's being relied upon to be a number one defenseman consistently going up against the other team's best. And with that, he has positive shot differentials, positive 50% goals, for percentage at five on five. Like Darnell nurse has been good and he's been playing extremely tough minutes. So I'll go ahead and say that he's been underappreciated by a lot of Oilers fans. So for that reason, Darnell Nurse gets my hot performer of the week. Put some respect on my name. Dan, you doing a Rubik's Cube over there, buddy? I was, yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Grinding away. There you go. Nice. <laughs> Rick, you're up next. Your Epcor hot performer of the week. Well, Tyler stole mine. I was definitely going with, with, uh, with Nurse. I thought he gets a little too much hate, but, uh, I guess, you know, based on Dan's stats, you'll have to give it to the Oilers' power play. It seems to uh, start it off in the mud with the wheels going backwards, and I think they've kind of figured things out here, and regardless of who's the fifth person out there, uh, I think they're getting their game going. So we're going to give it to the the Oilers' power play. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Uh, that's a analytics that button right there. Uh, I love that button, Dan. Your Epcor Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, we're going to take a little bit off off ice, but it's going to go out to a friend of the podcast, uh, a man who we tried to bring on in December of 2019, and unfortunately lost his mother. Uh, and then, as we found out uh, last or earlier this week, uh, Gene Principe lost his father this uh, this last week, and so. Uh, for him to come back onto the onto the uh, broadcast there last night, it was it was nice to see. He missed having Gene on the on the podcast. Uh, you know, thoughts and and prayers with his uh, with his family there for the loss of Francesco Principe. But it's uh, Gene Principe for being back on the broadcast. Top performer of the week. Love Gene. Love Gene. Love he is the greatest. If you do not like Gene, just unfollow me or block me or something. Stop listening I'll to the pod. You once I get the vaccine. Just to finish things up, and I feel like a shithead again, 
because uh, I go last on these, especially after Dan says Gene Prince Pez is hot performer of the week. I'm going to go to the air fryer breakfast that I learned uh, from TikTok. It is just a piece of bread with an egg and some bacon. But I can tell you, it is one of the easiest and most delightful little breakfasts that I've come up with so far in my air fryer. And I've had it three days in a row now. It Break is it down. How un- easy was this? Okay, so this is easy. You got your piece of bread, right? Push bread. down a little circle for where your egg goes. Crack it right on top. Salt and pepper on top. Maybe a little cheese if you're feeling frisky. Split <laughs> yeah. up your bacon. Wrap it around the yolk of the egg. Throw that baby in the air fryer for... Nine minutes at 360 degrees, and you will have a perfectly cooked runny egg and bacon on top of toasted toast, and it is delightful. It is a game changer, and I am lazy, and that fits into that narrative, and it works. Air fryer breakfast, I love you. You are my hot performer of the week. Damn Arby's boys, wheels up. Ski, skirt. I still have to throw, I still have to throw a beef and shed in there and see what happens, you know? Especially Dude, I, yeah, no, you... five for 15 or whatever it is. Yeah, they're the little ones, but yeah. That's I okay. Threw back a, I threw That'd a, be a good back breakfast. A couple half pounders there the other day on Monday, I think it was. See, right. that's the ticket. Breakfast, Arby's, <laughs> beef and ched, tell we're dead, air fry or die. That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> From all of us here at Oilers Nation Radio, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant, SkipTheDish.ca, Tourism Jasper, yes. and Epcor for making this all possible. And most importantly, for you for listening. Without you, there is no podcast. It's just the four of us looking at each other on cameras. That wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be bad. In fact, we've (laughs) done it before, and we'll do it again. So I want to thank you for listening. I want to ask you to please leave a review wherever you get your podcast from. I will read them. I'm looking at the Apple podcast right now. There's nothing fresh in there, or else I would have read your reviews. But if you do have one, maybe I will read it. Actually, I'll definitely read it. Tyler, what's the ranking update that you had for us to start the podcast? Please. I haven't double checked, but last time when I checked, we were uh, getting getting into the top fifty on Apple Podcasts for our uh, hockey pods. So shout uh, out keep Oilers it up. fans on that one. Yep. Shout out to Oilers fans. Shout out to Oilers fans that have stuck through also on this podcast for a year plus. Whenever you started listening, despite the fact that we had nothing to talk about for a long time, the fact that the numbers grew was pretty alarming Insane. and pretty incredible to me. So thank you all. Please tell a friend. Maybe Please. tattoo it on your face. Mm-hmm. I don't encourage it, but if you do, do, I'll post a picture on social media for you. <laughs> that sounds like a fair trade-off to me. And just lastly, a plug for the Bcast. If you do want to make a donation to the Edmonton Food Bank, right now we're at 800 bucks. Send me a screenshot of your donation to the Edmonton Food Bank and then a couple of items that you want me to eat for Bcasts if there was a loss. Last night it was Spotted Dick, which was sent in by Dangerous Weight. It was a nice little treat, actually. In fact, I gave it a 55 out of 93. It was an Ulanov out of a Nugent Hopkins. And in fact, that's, that's a pretty good place to be for a B-cast punishment. All the boys here. That's a wrap on episode 22. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Kyle Broad. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.